0: Okay, Aaron, so I think this is your first call, but you've been on the call before, is that right? You're on the Sangha group? Yeah, and you and I had one
1: one call um, a week ago.
0: Okay, all right. So, um, anyway, today we had gotten talking just a bit about having confidence. And this is something that's part of the Eightfold Noble Path that most people don't know about. That in fact, um, the Buddha says that he taught only one thing, and that is Dukkha, Dukkha Naroda. And that's broken then out into the four noble truths, the fact that there is Dukkha. And Dukkha has to be seen in a particular way, and it's not suffering. Suffering has a, a severity to it and disaster and all of that to where Dukkha actually means as... Uh, Even little dissatisfactions, whatever is being dissatisfied in the moment, we don't have to be dissatisfied. We can become satisfied with it instead. But that's the secret to it it all, is to just be content and satisfied. Mm -hmm. But we're normally not like that. Normally, we're either being jerked around by the society that we're in, or we're continuing to jerk ourselves around by our own mind that got trained by that society. So, either the, so the, the situation is you get jerked around society until you learn how to do it yourself, and then you jerk yourself around the way society wants you to do it. Okay, a kind of an example of that is, is the paycheck. You know, three, four hundred years, or especially 150, 160 years ago, well, no, it's been longer than that, 200 years ago, um, they kept a slave by putting a ball and chain on him.
2: Now, they do it with a paycheck. But the slavery is still there. We are told that, oh, if you don't... uh, you don't work
0: you don't eat and so that's part of the mentality that we've got and that's a big jerking around because every day you've got to go do something you don't want to do every day you've got to get up and go whether you like it or not and as children we chose to not like it and so we're still in the habit of not liking not liking this not liking that and wanting things to be better being dissatisfied being dissatisfied is taught by our culture they want you to be dissatisfied That if you were completely satisfied what would happen with big business they wouldn't have anything to sell they like repeat customers they don't want to satisfy a customer they want him to return to get more and the same thing with government they don't care i mean maybe i voted when i was uh, 21 no, they want me to repeat it. Every time that they have an election, they want people to go vote. All right, so they keep wanting things over and over and over again, and we keep doing the same thing over and over again and resenting it, not getting any fulfillment out of it at all. So we're kind of slaves to the um, the society that we are in or uh, Bika Buddha calls this the prison of life, that the lifestyles and the life systems that are set up, we become imprisoned in that system. And so um, when we begin to wake up to that, We don't like that, too. And so we become even more dissatisfied. (laughs) Now we're dissatisfied, really, instead of dissatisfied uh, ignorantly. So we wake up to the dissatisfaction then even more so and recognize it in the sense of, oh, look what I just did to myself. This is the second noble truth that we make ourselves dissatisfied and we don't know it. Once we start making ourselves dissatisfied and we know what we're doing, we'll start putting a stop to it. Because we can see what we're doing is dangerous. So that's what the the, uh, April Noble Path is really all about, is to help us to see what is Dukkha and then change it immediately. Get out of it, drop that hot potato or that hot piece of iron or whatever before our hands. Heal the heat and get away from it. Yeah. And so, this is the actual practice of the Eightfold Noble Path, and the benefits of that can be absolutely immediate. It's actually every point in time, it's your choice. Are you going to sit here and feel uncomfortable? Or are you going to decide, no, I'm going to be comfortable instead? You actually have that choice. So what we've been doing our whole lives is talking ourselves into feeling bad because of the way that society had trained us. If your mom was happy to the point of giddy all the time and she was so loving your whole life, you'd have a completely different personality than the one now.
2: The mother that you did have, which wasn't joyful all the time. So our parents have a great influence on us.
0: Even way past the time that they actually do have any influence. Because we never get the idea that we can change that. See what it is, change it.
1: And we and we walk around thinking that their ideas
0: are our own.
1: <laughs> so we get really
0: yeah, exactly. attached to <laughs> Right. you probably heard uh, the statement that uh, uh, is from Shakespeare. Um, uh Midsummer Night's Dream is the play I have out. And uh, all he says, "All the world's a stage, and each one of us is a player. That's the society, the world stage. and we're all a player on that, and, and that's absolutely true. But then I started to putting together the whole story, and that is, every one of us is standing on our own stage, reading a script that was written for us in childhood. And the right thing to do is to wake up to that and say, hey, I can put that script down. And the next thing I can do is I can uh, dance across the stage because it's actually my stage and I can do with it what I want to do. And then the next thing we do is we go sit in the audience because the audience is empty. You know, there's no, I mean, there's all these beautiful fancy chairs and nobody's there because everybody else is on stage. So there we are (laughs) ready to just watch the show. Just enjoy the show. You don't have to want your money back or uh, some actor or another to make a change or whatever, because they're all reading the script that was already re- written for them. Byrne called it the life script. And, and the Buddha has a word for it. Sila paramassa, Paramasa. Which is the attachment that we're talking about that script. Is all the rights, rules, rituals, supposed tos, decisions, um, standards, everything that we have set for our life. And then we go around matching up to do I match up to my standard or not. And often our standards are so high that we fail and we continue to feel like um, victims. So what we're going to do is start playing with that bar. Start lowering the bar so that you are guaranteed to get over the bar that you can do it. You can make it start nurturing ourselves again. Like we had the nurturing of little tender infants. But about the age of four, five or six? We wind up being put to work. Critical. Oh, you didn't draw that letter A correctly. You have to do it this way. It only goes from there and we live a lives of quiet desperation and we are desperate because of all of the rules and supposed tos and I've got to do this and I got to do that and then people talk about they don't have time. Those are so busy trying to follow all the shoulds and woulds that they've got built up.
2: And when we start dropping that, we start dropping actions also. And
0: the way to do that is by recognizing that we go around thinking about things to do and then feeling afraid about it not getting done. Or feeling disgusted, oh, I've got so much to do. That was just a thought. The thought of, oh, you've got to go do this. Oh, I'm just so tired, I can't do any of that kind of stuff. Listen to that kind of dialogue we have inside. Instead of, hey, isn't it great? We don't have anything to do right now. Yeah, that's really great. So we can have that thought in that same amount of time. One didn't get anything done and felt really bad. The other one didn't get anything done and he felt really good. Right. (laughs) And so this is the actual practice of Anapanasati, and it goes in this direction of, number one, we have to remember to practice this over and over again. This is sati, to develop sati, which is to remember. Remember to take a long, deep breath. To remember to look at the kind of thoughts that we're having in the moment. To remember that you can change these thoughts, these unwholesome thoughts. So here we go with these three things running around each other over and over again. And that is to remember to look and make a change. Remember to look and to make a change. And as we do that, over and over and over and over again, we begin to build up confidence. Which is what we started talking about right from the very beginning. We can begin to have confidence that I can put wholesome thoughts in my mind. And I can even have wholesome thoughts about people. And if I share my wholesome thoughts about people, there's unlikely to be a gap. It's only when I'm not sharing my uh unknown undetermined or unwholesome thoughts that wind up being a gap our are thos- uh, wh- when our thoughts are wholesome we have sadness generosity looking for friendship big smiles uh all of that kind of stuff then that's the way that we'd actually want to live And when we begin to have the feeling of that on the inside, we begin to gain the confidence that I can do this. Pretty soon after a while, there comes a particular point in time. And that point in time is is when we get the idea or the thought, or basically a better way of saying it, the knowledge, that no matter what happens in the mind, I can change that into something wholesome. I can do it so that I can see things as they really are. That I do not have to stay um, upset, uptight, uh, frustrated, any of that stuff. All I have to do is just see that that's what I'm doing and I can make a change to get right back out of it. Now that's confidence. That's the budding of confidence. I can do this. So this is what we're practicing for and that's the fourth element in the Eightfold path is confidence. Uh, The the Wali word is um, sankapa, sama sankapa. That's the attitude, the attitude, I can do this. I can handle that. I can waltz right back into that house and give that old lady a great big smile, say hi, I hope you're having a good day, without being terrified about what she'll say.
3: (laughs)
1: Is um, the confidence as it's growing, is that also a skill that has to be developed and do exactly make right. mistakes with it as well?
0: Exactly. So there's going to be some mistakes. That's the whole reason we have to keep practicing is so we can practice out the mistakes that we're making along with the practice. And the trick is is to keep enjoying the practicing because the mistake we make is that we make mistakes and we don't like it.
3: <laughs>
0: the better mm-hmm. way of looking at it is to make the mistakes and look closely and every mistake that is made can be seen clearly with great joy. Aha, I got that one. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to make improvements
2: fairly quickly. I've heard you talk about the um, the the
1: super ego as the parent and the id as the child and the ego as the adult is and then there's I've also heard of this idea of ego inflation or inflation where supposedly people get full of their selves. <laughs>
0: they, uh,
1: they, uh, well,
0: in that regard what that means is is that they are trying to prove to themselves they've got the power to handle their fear this is completely different than not having any fear at all but using Mm -hmm. wisdom instead and knowing that you've got the um, um, the wisdom and the skills to handle any situation that comes even getting arrested getting busted getting in the hospital Anything that could happen, you can handle it. Your parents dying, your child dying, anything that happens, you can handle it. When you get that idea that you can handle anything that happens, even your own death, can you handle that happily? Yeah, oh, guys, this is my last breath. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm out of here. Okay, so that's the way that we're thinking about it is, is to be able to handle anything joyfully.
1: So it's not a confidence that covers up fear, it's a confidence that
0: overcomes it Exudes from the lack of fear, right. We know that we can handle anything, that's a knowledge. But it has to be developed slowly because look at all the many times that the fear comes in that might want to inflate that in fact, you could say it this way also, that this has a whole lot to do with a particular thing that we would call um, competition, mm-hmm. okay? In the poly is referred to as manna. And what it means is, is that we compare ourselves to others. Do that almost subconsciously what we mean by that is we do it without knowing that we're doing it, and so a whole lot of the teachings about freeing ourselves from ignorance means to start seeing the stuff that used to be subconscious to us, and now we bring it up into consciousness because it. it's kind of like you cannot see that bug on the floor until you turn the lights on, and when you take a, uh, the turn the lights on, you can see the bug. Mm-hmm. So that's what we uh, are are looking at, is is that direct, deep inspection. Look at what the mind is doing and Mm -hmm. then make a change to it immediately. Uh, We do that uh, over and over again until we begin to develop the skill that we can do this. Any kind of dukkha or anything that happens, we can just say, aha, I can see that and out it goes. Any time that we uh, dislike something, or any time we feel we've got to do something, we can take a look at that. Mm-hmm. So this is what the uh, the practice is, and um, uh, as we go through, we'll talk about some of the things that you can practice on with as intermediate. But there you are sitting in your car. So one of the things that I would uh, uh, have for you is kind of a play toy is every time that you get out of the car, when you get out of the car and shut the door, you don't walk away from the car. You stand at the car for one, two, three, four, five seconds with the question, why should I get out of my wonderful secure car and go do something? Mm -hmm. And the answer will be going to the bathroom, going to uh, work and going shopping would be about the only thing that you could justify. So that's the way to start practicing in that kind of way. Is start saying, "Why did I get up out of my chair if I'm at the office? Why mm-hmm. do I do get out? You know, what do I want?" Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: So
1: whatever that that um, intention is becomes uh, apparent to myself. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, because many times you'll start finding out that you're getting out of the car and and shutting the door. Without even recognizing that you've got some place to go, that it's just kind of an urge. And all of a sudden you're out of the car. Many times you don't even know what it was. It also happens that way that people get out of the chair and by the time they get to the other side of the room, they forgot what it was that they got up for. Yeah. Okay. So this is a kind of training to start waking up to our intentions, and our ideas and our thoughts and and especially our movements. Getting up is a really good example of that is to start watching that kind of stuff. Um, And also while you're just sitting there in the car, just relax. Oh, this is nice, no place to go and nothing to do. I can just sit here, I feel so safe and secure inside this steel shell. I parked it in a secure, safe place, and so I know that there's no problems. Just feel safe and secure. Let yourself feel that way. That you're safe, secure, comfortable. No place to go and nothing to do. And if there's any ventilation in that car, you can take a deep breath. That's the way that I would practice. And what are we practicing? Remember to look at these thoughts and change them to happy thoughts. Change it from unwholesome to wholesome thoughts. That's how to get started. Then begin to have the wholesome thought, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I can change my mind. Yeah, I can change the way I feel.
3: Yeah,
2: I can change my posture and get really comfortable. So, getting a kind of a can-do attitude, because as we
0: talked before, everybody starts off as a victim,
2: and we're this is a school for champions.
0: Takes people out of the victimhood in their own minds, and and puts them
2: into uh, a can-do attitude. So every in every one of those things
0: winds up being a skill to be developed, including the skill of
2: joy. Happiness is a skill to be developed. Not something to be found. Is um would you put um not caring
0: and
1: hopeless in the same category? As as those thoughts, as wholesome thoughts?
0: Guess what? Um, that um, hopelessness mm. still has a whole lot of caring left in it. But that's total victim. Uh-huh. Okay, The hopeless. In fact, another word for that would be despair. Disgust. No. Despair. No way out. But the desire to get out is really, really still strong.
2: But if we have
1: no place to go and nothing to do, what what use do we have for hope?
0: That's exactly right. If I've already got everything I need, what's to hope for?
1: So it's not. I mean, hopelessness has that connotation of of despair, but it's a different kind of of no hope, right?
0: Yeah, this well, that's why these kind of words break down because they're always as seen in two levels to where we're taking the third way out. Either hope or hopelessness. No, we're in the sense of don't need no hope. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, we have hope
2: that has two sides for it, hope and hopelessness, but we don't need any of it. Third way out. Sort of like not being a democrat not being a republican
0: but a little even further out is not being an independent just not being a voter just don't care now that's strongly disagreed with in america oh you're supposed to have patriotic duty but i'm very much like george garland on that one if you his story his story is is that, what me vote i'm not going to vote if I vote for somebody, I'm partly responsible for what happens. If I don't vote, then when everything, anything falls apart, it's always your fault. <laughs> 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 I didn't vote. i not my problem. <laughs> okay. So not voting is kind of like not caring. And not caring in this regard is what I mean by not clinging. Mm-hmm. And not clinging is the same as not wanting. So we can leave it at the level of just liking. Okay, that's when we're wise that yes, we like something. It's built into our genes. It's developed that we like some things and we don't like others. Do we have the wisdom to know that and stop it right there? Yeah, I don't like it, but so what? I don't care. Or I do like something. Yeah, so what? But I don't care. Now, that's hard for some people. That's why I use the word caring is because when we use super-duper heavy words like clinging, then people don't quite understand what we're talking about. But when you understand it from the sense that we're all going around caring about things. And because we care about them, that causes us suffering. Now, at a big level, let us say that someone is in a particular political party and they care about what happens to that political party. But then election comes or the news comes, and sometimes news is good and sometimes news is bad, and here that person is who identifies as that party. When the party feels good, he feels good. When the party feels bad, he feels bad, and he doesn't have any choice about it because he's a Democrat or a Republican. So if you don't identify with any political party at all, then let this one go up, that's okay. Let that one go up, it's okay. That one goes down, that's okay. I don't just care anymore about what happens on that. And I feel a little lot better because I don't care about politics.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's sort of like this forgetting that being happy really has nothing to do with anything outside of this moment.
0: Exactly. Um, <laughs> and so I can be really pleased with myself about not caring. This is a major part of the teaching of the Buddha. This is actually what is called dependent origination or um samupada. Have you heard those words?
2: Yeah, the
1: the the uh, dependent origination, I've looked at a little bit, but um, I'm not I couldn't say I couldn't verbalize it too well. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I can say it forward and backwards in Pali. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that helped me. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's why we're talking about it in the sense of I like it is uh, Vedana. I want it is uh, Tanha, the thirst. And then I got a habit is the clinging. And the word that I'm using here is caring. When we like something that we really want it and we really care about it, and then we're going to get hurt. Then is when we fall into one of the hell worlds because we care. Rather than using wisdom to say, hey, I'd better not care because I'm going to hurt myself really badly if I go in that direction, say that or do that or think that. So we're starting in, at the very early stage. And here's a little point that will help you to understand why we do it this way. Because the ordinary way is to change from the big stuff and start working down to the little stuff. We're doing it the other way around, and here's why. That is every thought that we have Turn to speech and the speech that we do will turn to actions and the actions that we take turn into habits Our habits turn into destiny. So we don't have much control over our destiny until we learn to control our thoughts. Mm-hmm. And in one regard, then, what we were talking about really early in our chat about shutting up, stop talking. Because Mm -hmm. if I do talk, I'll get myself into a whole lot of trouble.
2: Yeah.
0: Or stop behaving the way that I'm talking, because if I behave the
2: way I'm talking, I'll hurt somebody. Okay, so if we can curb behavior... And then
0: curb thought, that still doesn't ca- solve the real problem of being the mind. But it does help. This is one of the reasons why uh, certain, um, let us say, religious orders have a set of rules for the participants to follow, is because that helps get them in that, that mind state. So having a rule about monks do not criticize other monks thats That rule helps us to remember if I do that, that's dukkha,
3: yeah,
0: okay, so some rules are 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 valuable only as in the sense guides for us, not mm-hmm. uh standards to live up to, but the real standard to live up to is to have wholesome thoughts. That's a really easy thing because the mind in this instant is actually quite easy to change. Yeah, it'll go back, but you can change it again. And yeah, it'll go back, but you can change it again. That's what the repetitive quality of this is about, is that you can change it. change it a second time and a third and a 19th and a 20th and a 211th. <laughs> And so many times you can change it every time it falls down never mind watch what it's doing pick yourself up dust yourself off and go on down the path that's the whole practice repetitive over and over again and along the way we develop the confidence that hey i can pick myself up really easily and in fact when i slip i don't even fall catch myself
2: so that that um
1: that progression that you described of the thought to the word to the action or was it to the habit um is there from my experience there's there's thoughts that can be very powerful in terms of um, igniting a feeling and it's almost like that, that feeling becomes the fuel for the action. Um.
0: Yes, absolutely. That you could, um, many of the analogies that have things like a, let's look a stagecoach, a Western stagecoach. It's got a driver, it's got the coach, it's got passengers, and it's got the horses. In mm-hmm. this regard, our feelings are the horses. Those, that's where the energy comes from. Mm-hmm. But it's the driver who who drives the horses. And the carriage is like the body, okay? But the real person who's in charge is the passengers. And yet they really have anything to say. They just kind of give orders to the parent or to the driver, and off the driver goes, having this relationship to the horses and the body and the real mind kind of just go along for the journey. Mm. Okay, and so the real way to wake up Is you go drive your horses and leave the driver beside you as your friend. Okay, so that's the way to do it. Part of the reason that you can uh, continue that is that the driver has a job of driving the horses. Okay, but the owner's going to have compassion for the horses or the uh, Mm passenger's going to have, so he's not going to drive them the way that the driver does. Right. Okay, so that's the kind of analogy of what we're going to do is start driving or actually start guiding your own feelings so that you can feel the way that you want to.
1: Right. So they're not like an event that you feel you have to respond to.
0: Right, exactly. That. Uh, here's the funny thing. It's built into our language. Like, I am angry. I am tense. I am frustrated. Yeah. And all of that as if you become the anger itself right. the reality yeah. is is know that there is anger in the body and it has this body chemistry and it has these particular thoughts and sensations to it i am not the anger i'm the one who's watching the anger then yeah. you later we begin to understand that no i'm not even the watcher who can watch the anger that there is no watcher needed. There is just observation now, which is the new part, and the old stuff, the anger, of the uh, driver beating the horses. So now the new thing that's going on, there was never really a self there in the first place, just pain. You could say that there is misery, pain, disgust, despair, dukkha, that the only the reason it exists is because there's someone to bear the burden of that, the self. That mm-hmm. self comes because of the caring too much. I, I actually literally care myself into existence. when i don't care there's not much to me (laughs) and when i care a lot there's a whole lot of me here (laughs) and you can see that in every conversation
1: yeah there's a whole lot of me and then there becomes a whole lot of world right and then a bunch Mm -hmm. of me's and worlds colliding (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. and when we don't care there's not much of me there and so this is what we begin to look at, is how the mind works to get us into this, to the, um, the selfishness is because of the caring. And so we can begin to see that caring, and then we can begin to see, oh, well, that's because I long for things or I want things. We can become more satisfied now in the sense that we're not always going to get what we want. And in fact, the only way that we're going to guarantee that we get what we want is by stop wanting stuff. So then we go back a step. Okay, well, I'm just going to be satisfied with right, right, the way things are now. I don't want anything. What a nice place to be is when you just don't want anything. You've got everything you need. Imagine that you're sitting at a restaurant and the waiter comes up one more time. Can I get you anything more? And the answer is no.
2: I've had all the food I want. Can you go to the waiter of life?
0: You've always been demanding stuff. Feed me this. Feed me that. Give me this car. Give me that house. Gimme, 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 gimme. Now we can sit at the table of life,
2: and when the waiter comes, had enough of satisfied. Don't need a thing. Yeah, I'm just afraid he's going to kick me out of the restaurant if I sit there too long.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's the fear, isn't it? Yes, you're, you're, the fear comes back up. So maybe the the wisdom is, is to eat the hamburger in your car. <laughs> <laughs> But generally, when somebody they kick people out of restaurants because they don't order anything. If you've already ordered a full meal, they're unlikely to (laughs) kick. Unless they're really, really busy.
1: Uh, Well, I guess we all get kicked out eventually, right?
0: Uh, Well, that's uh, you. You (laughs) That will happen if you anticipate it. You'll set it up so that you do get kicked out. If you have the attitude that, no, I don't get kicked out, then you'll find places where you don't get kicked out, and then you don't. So actually, we set ourselves up for getting kicked out. Yeah. One of the ways of not getting kicked out is by being really good friends with both the waitress and the boss. Then they're not going to kick you. But
2: if you say, oh, they're about to kick me out, I've got to be enemies with them, then they will kick you out. So if you're friends with yourself, you can be friends with tomato and then eat not like you can even though you've had enough. Funny how we look for authorities like that. Yeah. So be friends with whatever authorities that you imagine in your mind. the authority that uh, has the attitude that
1: is satisfied.
0: Well, that's when you're the authority. You can't expect the authority figures in your mind to be satisfied unless you can get them satisfied with the smile you have on your face, satisfied with your friendship. And that's more important than that you're satisfied with what
2: the work you're doing. The boss is not likely to fire his best friend. there really is a system about who you know, not what you know. Mm. So the question, most important question then
0: of all is, well, can you make that kind of good close friend with yourself, nurture yourself? You take the bar and the standards down. Just nurture yourself and enjoy your life for a little while, moment by moment. This is good. Enough. Remember to take a look and just kind of those thoughts out. Like, don't throw me out of here, and and um, replace it with, oh well, I'll just be friends with the boss. Then the fear of getting thrown out is dissipated. Mind is the forerunner, remember that. So thoughts of getting thrown out will get you thrown out. Uh Uh-huh. So we can replace those unwholesome thoughts, because that's pretty unwholesome getting thrown out of a joint. Nobody likes that.
1: (laughs) Unless Unless you've had enough and you're just
0: there under false pretense anyway. Well, then you can just (laughs) walk right out of the place. You can stand yourself up and walk right out with a great big smile on your face or maybe a bird in the air. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, so that's the whole point is is that we've got a boss and who he is is not who we think. We're actually our own boss. We're the emperor here. From childhood, we've never been the emperor. We have been subject to somebody else's authority our whole lives and we get into the habit of that. I'm giving
2: you an opportunity to become a boss of your own life. You're the lion here. This is what
0: Samasankapa really is all about, and it's kind of hidden away in a way because most Western Buddhists, they don't come across this aspect of it. But this is actually
2: part of the Eightfold Noble Path, is get your mojo up. Get your joy going. Feel
0: comfortable. Feel satisfied. Feel safe, secure.
2: Soon you'll start to feel like you're on top of the world. is what we mean by the super mundane dhamma, is being on top of
0: the world. Polly is uh, uh, lokatara. One of my students came to me with the praise of, every one of us is an actual emperor of our own pile of dirt. So you are the emperor of your pile of dirt. The question is, are you going to be buried under your pile of dirt, or are you going to be clawing your way out of it, or are you going to be sitting on top of it smiling? Or choice a lot of people choose to be clinging and climbing and a lot of people feel like they're buried under it and it's just your choice to change your attitude that hey i'm on top of my world because
1: ultimately the pile of dirt is
0: just objects of the mind isn't it it is exactly that's why i keep saying the mind is the forerunner yeah So, if you have thoughts of your own charge, that you have thoughts of "I can handle this, you you have thoughts of, "I'm on top of the world." Guess what? You've become top
2: of the world That we do create our own reality with our delusions. I mean,
0: where do you think any automobile, or never mind an automobile, how about a light switch or something interesting like that? How about a, a gas cigarette lighter? or uh, a torch or whatever like that, was only first put together in the mind
2: of a human. It didn't occur naturally. We create stuff. Why don't we see
0: how powerful we are as creators and start creating something really valuable,
2: like a happy life, satisfied, well-adjusted life? I'm leaning in because
1: I have to hear when the rain kicks up.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, um, what do you think about what we've been talking about?
1: I think it sounds like a noble endeavor and endeavor is just another word for work right
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. endeavor can be play too
2: yeah okay
0: but in fact endeavor is a good word that actually takes the work out
2: of it Yeah. maybe we could even say oh, it all sounds like a really good
0: way to spend my enthusiasm
2: yeah i like
1: um i like the the Using play because play to me, it implies that you don't know part of what's happening. You're open yeah. to stuff happening that you didn't know expect. Happening.
0: That's the whole yeah. thing. But willing to play anyway because we're not yeah. concerned with what happens. We're not clinging to the outcome. We're just enjoying the play. Right. By doing so, we develop the skills, just like lion cubs. Doesn't matter which lion cub throws which lion cub; they both wind up teaching each other how to be really strong lions.
2: Right. If we know exactly where it's supposed to go and what's supposed to as look as like, that's not play. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: And it also assumes that you you understand where it's supposed to go and how to get there and then you become the person who thinks they know things (laughs) that's a hard box to fit into
0: right that's that's exactly right is is that uh that's clinging to knowledge rather than being open to the fact that i don't know so much let's keep watching new Mm -hmm. things to learn a new thought to have Let's be here in the present moment, rather than lost in the old thoughts that we have. So part of coming into the present moment means just to feel, to see, to hear, to be in the present moment in our senses, including in our breathing, with the body, all of that with the body, and also how we feel emotionally getting in touch with that. What kind of thoughts that we're having, we begin to know ourselves very well by the body, by the feeling, by the mind. And also by controlling the mind, we can control the body. Like for instance, taking long, deep breaths. We can't take a long, deep breath unless we think about a long, deep breath. So we're actually by having one long, deep, happy, peaceful, satisfying breath after another, we have to work with both the body and the mind I guess what the feelings will kinda come along too. We can talk ourselves into actually feeling it by talking about how good we feel in the body and how happy we are just to sit here with no place to go, nothing to do. And just breathe well and appreciate the fact that I'm still alive and I'll
2: get at least one more breath in. Just one more breath, one at a time. It's all it takes to keep us alive. So look at
0: how important each breath is. If we, Any breath that we would have that we don't have is going to kill us. If you don't have this next breath, you're going to die. Think about it like that. Then you say, okay, well, I'm actually going to start thinking about the breath. This is
2: actually something that's worth caring about. Without the breath, There's nothing left.
0: What is there? I mean, once you die, what do you care about? (laughs) After you're dead, we have absolutely no caring left because there's nothing to cling to. We're dead. So in this regard, we can say, well, let's start looking at what really is important. That is staying alive. And if we are going to commit to staying alive, then why not enjoy the heck out of it? We were successful. We
2: remained alive. At least I'm still alive. <laughs> That's quite a lot.
0: And so we learn to be satisfied in this moment. We've got all we need. We've got our breath. We've got our feelings. We've got our mind. We've got our breath.
2: We've still got that. Then we got everything we need. And we can be satisfied that way.
0: As we practice that again, over and over and over again, we get the attitude that, hey, I can be
2: satisfied. Well, what a remarkable thing that I'm on top of the world now. Get up there any time that I remember to. And that's the part that's really, really um, something that gives you joy, enthusiasm, great delight. practice well practice enjoying this next breath yeah that's the uh training of
1: paying attention and controlling the breath uh so uh, so different than the life that i'm used to if i think about it you know because how many thoughts could I have just avoided if I were paying attention to my breathing, you know? Um, and how much more enjoyment could I have gener- generated? I mean, not to dwell on the past. But. Yeah,
0: that's the whole <laughs> point, right there. Catch that. That's exactly right. Ah, that's in the past. Let me at least enjoy it right now. Never mind what happened before. Let's wake up strongly, not just a little bit of, oh, poor me. I haven't been doing this into, wow, I could do it right now.
2: I could do it right now. That's the way of looking at it. Can you? Can you do it right now? Let me see you do it. Let me see you. Yeah, okay, so keep practicing like that. Just take a deep breath and say everything's okay, everything is
0: worse. Imagine that there was nothing, in fact, that existed outside of the car that you're sitting in. Everything is within that car.
2: Can you keep your thoughts within that car? Never any thoughts about something that's outside the car comes into mind. You
0: can say, hey, I caught that one. Let me come back in the car. It's safe in the car. Everything is cool in the car. Down the block and around the corner where that place
2: is, oh, that's dangerous. Let me not think about it. just me deciding to breathe and you hearing me
1: (laughs) and the car bouncing the sound around
0: okay so you go practice that for a few days and then call me and we'll continue great yourself feeling really good allow yourself finally to feel good you've got everything you need to actually let us say it this way gain the reward finally for all of the stuff that you out of all those years. Make yourself enjoy that right now. Ha ha, I'm still alive. (laughs) You've heard that story about revenge. There's two stories. One is revenge is best served cold. Okay. And then the other one, which is even better, is the best revenge is living well. So take revenge on all of those cheated outs that you didn't get what you deserved. Let yourself have it right now. Give yourself the joy that you actually deserve. Look how hard you worked and you didn't get what you were. Now let yourself have it. And remember to keep
2: doing that. Just another moment. Let's just have it all now. Endless, well. go ahead. Endless, endless stream. Well, one after another, one after another, one after another after another is a
0: very now way of looking at it. Endless streams that gets very Western minded with a long past and a long future. Mm,
3: yeah. just
0: think about it. just one at a time. I can handle it one at a time. Each new moment can be seen
2: individually as it is. Let's take a look and enjoy. show. Sure. So, enjoy doing that, and we'll talk to you later. Okay, Rado. Right. See ya. Aha, uh-huh, see ya.